0: Hey there, Getting in the Loop listeners. Ever wondered what can be done in your industry to help create a more circular economy? To mark the one year anniversary of the Getting in the Loop podcast, I've put together a short ebook to help you navigate key circular trends in textiles and apparel, ICT and electronics, and packaging. And it includes links to related reports as well as relevant Getting in the Loop podcast episodes. It's yours to receive when you join up to our podcast newsletter at circularsectors.gettinginthelooppodcast.com. So head over to our website to get your copy of the Circular Sectors Navigator. That's again, circularsectors.gettinginthelooppodcast.com. Hi, I'm Katie Wellen, and join me each week as I talk with experts around the globe about circular economy. You'll find out what's being done to make it a reality, and if it can really solve the problems it promises. It's time for Getting in the Loop. Welcome to the Getting in the Loop podcast. I'm Katie, and today I'm welcoming Mariska Nell, who is a climate activist, artist, and host of the Mama Earth Talk podcast. Today, Mariska joins us on the Getting in the Loop podcast to talk about zero waste, sustainability, and of course, circular economy. Mariska started experimenting with trash in her art, and the curiosity of the medium had her researching how waste affects the environment. Since then, she has worked with many organizations globally to drive environmental and sustainable change and inspires change through her artwork, podcasting, and public speaking. Her artwork can be found in the collections of Trevor Noah, Adrian Greer, Chris Fade, and Black Coffee Mason Plumlee. In this episode, Mariska tells us how she became interested in climate activism and the unique way she went about raising sustainability awareness in the UAE. You will also learn about her motivation to start the Mama Earth Talk podcast and what she has learned from talking with experts all over the world, having produced the podcast for over two years. So without further ado... Welcome, Mariska, to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the Getting in the Loop podcast today, Mariska. And yeah, I'm just really excited to dive into everything that we're going to talk about. Oh,
1: well, thank you so much, Katie, for having me. It's such a such a great honor to actually be on the podcast.
0: So looking forward to all the questions. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. We have a lot to dive into. Um, but before we do that, can you just tell us where you're calling from? Yeah, so at the moment,
1: I'm in Sunny Brizzy, Brisbane, Australia. and
0: um yeah, that's currently where i where I'm at. Yeah, I've never been to Australia, but it's on my my list of places to go. Um, who knows when that will happen, though, considering the state of the world oh. right now?
1: I know, I know, like traveling at the moment, it's just super hard. And hopefully in the next like year or two, we'd be able to travel a little bit more. But yeah, I'm just so fortunate to be in such a beautiful country with such amazing, um, you know, greenery, and yeah, so I'm just really fortunate and so happy to be in, in Australia at the moment.
0: Yeah, well, I am excited to hear a bit more about the work that you have been, been doing, um, and I wanted to start off with hearing a little bit more about your journey, your sustainability journey, because you worked on creating awareness and bringing awareness to sustainability in a rather creative way. So just tell us about this. Yeah, so
1: um so I actually studied interior design, so I practice as an interior designer, but I've always been um you know love, I, I always love to like kind of do artwork and to, you know, paint and just like be creative, you know, if there was something that I could do that was creative, I just loved it. Um, so my sustainable journey kind of went that direction. Um, I mean, it wasn't something that I planned to do. Um, like I could always remember, I mean, there was a time like way back when I was little, um, you know, that my, my dad actually took me to a landfill, um, to, you know, dump stuff. Um, and I, like, I remember going there and I was just like, wow, look at all these stuff. And, you know, I was picking up toys and, you know, um, trying to like clean each and every single things, like, you know, telling my dad, oh, we have to take this doll, you know, I can fix this or we can clean this. Um, and then that never really like kind of stuck with me but um but like kind of few years back um I was making coffee and I was using these single-use capsules um and I just remember there was that same kind of glimpse that I had when I was at that landfill where I was like looking down at these capsules and I was just like wow they are gorgeous like these colors are phenomenal they so bright and um and I made the coffee and at that point, the um, machine, the capsule holder was full and I looked at it and I had to make a choice. What am I going to do with it? You know, and I just felt like, no, I can't put it in the bin. I don't want to recycle it because um, I just felt like there has to be more to these capsules then just ending somewhere you know crushed and broken so then i started saving them and saving them and as i was saving more of these capsules i started learning more about you know how to recycle it, um, why do we recycle it, what is the use of this specific material? And um, it was like kind of like, almost like a rabbit hole. You know, the, the deeper I got in, the more I just wanted to learn and know about it. And um, so I had all these capsules and my husband was like, what are you gonna do with all these capsules? Uh, <laughs> and at that point, we we needed a lamp for our living room so I decided to start making all of these different flowers I experimented with different shapes and designs and then our first like well my first coffee addiction lamp was born and then I just started experimenting with more and more materials in my artwork so I had like different um, paintings that I did a combination like collage with paint as well as um, recycled materials or any any materials that was that was kind of trash or seen as trash from people. And um, as I was digging more into these different mediums, so you know it was like um, water bottles. I started researching and you know figuring out that we actually um one million plastic bottles are sold every single minute so then i did a whole collection to kind of emphasize that but also to educate people on how much waste we actually make and yeah and then i mean i've done art pieces with straws i um i did a massive globe with about sixty thousand single single-use plastic straws um that a company was phasing out and they wanted to kind of you know um, also do an awareness campaign on why they're doing this and you know just to kind of also use some of their stock instead of just you know putting it in a landfill or just recycling it to kind of use it as a tool to also educate people so that's kind of how my journey started into into this and yeah it's just grown um, you know from a lamp to bigger stuff and it's just been a phenomenal journey and it's amazing to kind of use my artwork in a way to also educate people about really kind of serious topics and um and have people look at a piece and a lot of the times people look at my artwork and they they don't know that it's actually a waste you know it's it would have been on a landfill but instead of that it's now actually a lovely art piece um so yeah so that's quite quite exciting and yeah that's that's
0: how it started yeah I love you know like the upcycling of things that are seen as waste into something that is seen as beautiful and as you said many people don't even realize that it actually is waste that's that's super creative. And I, and as you said, it's a, a serious topic that you're addressing in a in a creative way, which I'm all for. You know, I love games. So again, you know, finding ways to take topics that are serious, but then turning them into ways that people really kind of experience and experience them in different ways. Um so I so <laughs> I'm really excited to talk to you today and 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 I feel we have a lot of things in common, you know, uh, with also both having podcasts about this topic. So, uh, wait, like one of the things that I was really fascinated about and would love to hear you tell more about is your wearing your trash, uh, project. I don't know if I'm calling it correctly, but yeah, could you so, tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, that project was done in 2018. So I was kind of like The art installation myself. Um, So I got inspired by Rob Greenfield um, and he wore his trash in New York uh, for 30 days and then me and a friend decided to do something similar in the UAE but to kind of represent both aspects you know like the average person creating two to three kilograms of waste and my friend Marita was the opposite so she was trying to make as little waste as possible and throughout the 30 days we were kind of you know um like seeing how i was doing how she was doing and also educating people on the little switches that you know and changes and habits that you can change to reduce that waste so every single time i left the house i wore this dress so it was like a dress that was made from old curtains and it had like um recycled kind of bags that you could see through, um, on it. And then I had a little trolley as well. Cause I can't remember on which day I started using the trolley cause the dress got quite heavy. Oh my! Um, and, and then yeah, on it, on day 30, um, my, my dress and well, all of the trash were, uh, weighed about 65 kilos wow. and it was just amazing to see how much waste one person can make in 30 days and um i didn't live like the way that i would live normally i definitely tried to be like the average person so i would ask people as well you know what are you having for lunch and you know having whatever they had and you know, when people were buying stuff, um, I would buy what they would, you know, to really try and do that. And also sometimes, especially with food waste, because we throw around 40% of our waste as food waste. So I would also ask people like, so typically how much of your hamburger would you eat? And they would be like, oh, only half the rest I would throw. So then that would be kind of habits that I did during that 30 days, even though it was like my heart felt like breaking every single day to create all of this trash, but it it was definitely worth seeing the end result and just, you know, to see that the the dress that I was wearing, when people would stop me and like, you know, ask, what is it about? And some of the stuff that they saw in my dress, it, they didn't just see it as like kind of my trash. They were looking at it and they were like, I use this soda. Like I use this, like, how can I switch that? And so it, it in a way became that person's as well. So it was a really interesting project and something that I learned a lot from and that a lot of the people in the UAE kind of learned a lot from as well. And they wanted to, find answers and find you know better alternatives for their current
0: waste wasteful like habits as well yeah i'm sure that you got a lot of attention especially as the 30 days progressed i mean what were people's reactions like did they just stop you in the street and be like what are you what are you doing or did they immediately realize like oh well she's got a half eaten and hamburger and in- over here <laughs> well
1: well, so the food waste, I um, it, I weighed out the food waste every night and replaced that with rice, so I wasn't
0: walking okay. around with yeah. half-eaten food. So that was so one I, of my other thoughts: was, Are you yeah. just, you know, I mean, by the end of the thirty days, were you just have have flies like buzzing around you? Oh uh, and- no. <laughs>
1: so so and also the trash was clean so every night i would like wash everything out make sure they are dried and then i would put it in the suit the next morning but yeah i got so many different reactions so um you know some uh, i wasn't allowed to go to some of the malls as i was a security risk and i was like no this is fashion like you know (laughs) it's the latest trend yeah um i in in the beginning i got away with it um i went to a few art exhibitions and people were thinking like oh my gosh this lady is like so trendy you know i've got quite a lot of people that thought it was my clothes um but as i got bigger and had more trash you know people would look at me like you know what what is this um i i remember going to comic-con and there were so many little girls that came to me and little children, and they were like, Oh, you do the trash lady? And I was like, Yes, I'm the trash lady. And then they would bring me their trash. And I was like, Oh gosh, this is not really what I meant oh, when I yeah. said the trash lady. And um, and I also met like Hodor from Game of Thrones, huge Game of Thrones fan. And there I was standing with my trash suit and I just like this guy looked at me and you know he's like a massive tall guy and he was just staring at me and like kind of didn't know what to say and as I came closer because um there was like all these photo ops and um he just looked at me and he was like what the hell are you wearing and (laughs) so I was like oh my gosh it's comic con (laughs) like you know everyone wears (laughs) weird stuff so then I just told him, you know, I'm wearing my trash 30 days. And he was just like, he was stunned. He like almost couldn't talk. And he was just like, wow, like, but why? Why would you do that? <laughs> so it was, there was there was all sorts of like aspects, you know, some people were just like staring at me. And you could see like, um, especially it's so funny when you would see like adults with their children. um, You would see the children is like, looking at mom and dad and like, Oh, what is she wearing? She's wearing trash. And then the parents are just like, shh, you know, shh, come, let's walk, let's walk. So we had like all of that. And also at like the, um, the schools I visited a lot of schools, there was even some of the schools when they saw photos of me throughout my challenge. And I probably visited some of them when I was at about day 26 or 7, I think and um so some of the children made their own little suits so they kind of had plastic bags with like little um straws and they were like kind of like saying that they were jellyfish and so it was it was just amazing it was really a great experience and a great to see how the community comes together and how people really want to make
0: changes as well. Mm -hmm. I want to I want to ask you about you know if you've seen a shift in how sustainability has been addressed kind of in the UAE after that or sort of what the aftermath was. But before I do, there's something that when you were talking, I was picturing this and especially when you said the fact that the guy at Comic Con, when you see everyone just dressed in crazy outfits, I mean, I've never been myself, but I imagine that's what it, that's what it is since seeing the photos, that you were really an attraction and making, making a statement. So from a mental perspective like how was how was that for you I mean I I think I would be completely embarrassed especially since (laughs) as you start getting bigger and bigger you can't hide it I understand that that's the the point of this exercise you know of this project was to to make a statement but did you notice your any like mental blockages or you know kind of how did you handle handle this (laughs) mentally or emotionally
1: yeah. So that's, that's a very interesting question. So like ever since I was little, like I kind of, you know, try my best not to be bothered about what people think of me or say of me. So, um, I, I knew going into this channel challenge that I'm going to get different questions. I'm going to get different reactions. Some people might be grossed out. Some people might love it. Some people might learn from it. Some people might just think, you know, I'll never do something like that. So, um, so for me, I kind of went in with this mindset from day one that I'm just going to be confident in what I'm doing. And that's also what I would tell people when you want to go zero waste shopping and stuff like that, you know, like step into that and, you know, own it. And, you know, that's kind of what I did. Like the moment I, wore that trash suit, I became that trash lady, and it was like my alter ego, kind of, <laughs> and um, and that was it, you know, I kind of wore it as you would wear a nice fancy dress, and if people stared at you, I would just smile back at them, and you know, uh, sometimes I would see that they feel uncomfortable, they really want to know what this is about, but they um didn't really want to talk so I had like a um a website address and like the QR code and everything printed on on my arms and stuff and I was just like hey I'm wearing my own trash for 30 days if you want to learn more about the project you can check it out here and then they would be like oh thank you and check it out and maybe contact me in a few days or something so yeah so that that for me you know, there was some days when I'm just like, oh, I just need to go to the store for five minutes and I I really don't feel like wearing the suit where, you know, you, you're kind of in a rush and then everyone wants to chat and you don't want to be rude, but you're like, you know, time clock, the clock's ticking um and then I would typically also just like say to them hey guys sorry don't have time to talk right now but you know check out the project and I would try to like get back to them but it's it was kind of you know at some points it was kind of stressful and it was like oh you know am I gonna get thrown out by security
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what's gonna
1: happen but um but I think you know because I had that mindset from the beginning and I knew it was for 30 days and it was part of a bigger, like, kind of thing, and yeah. So I just kind of stepped into it and took everything that I got, whether it was good or bad.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thanks for thanks for kind of uh, indulging in my my kind of uh, my question about that because uh, I, I just find it very very interesting, and from similar situations I've been in in my life. I realize, like, yeah, it's kind of like you put the super the super trash lady suit on or something, and you just become a, a different person. And you always have this greater purpose, though, that you're attaching to it. So it, when you think about it like that, then it's uh, it's easy to kind of power through those those hard days. Um, exactly. So the aftermath of doing this, can you say a little bit about how you've seen shifts or? What kind of has happened since then? Yeah. So
1: I got a lot of questions, um, you know, throughout this challenge. And I wanted to try and help as many people as possible, you know, to answer their questions. And also, I got a lot of questions that I didn't know the answers to at that point. So um, that inspired me to to start the podcast, the Mama Earth Tilt podcast, where I talk to guests from all over, um, you know, about sustainability but that was, you know, also there was so many things, especially if we if we talk just about the UAE, where the project was, you know, there was more and more people that was becoming aware of this. Um, I mean, in the UAE, that was just um, about a year or two after one of the uh, big develop or a developer actually um, opened up the sustainable city Uh, which is a sustainable city in the UAE or in Dubai. And, you know, so a lot of stuff kind of was happening. I mean, you had Expo 2020 that was being built. Um, They had like an entire, well, it's going to be next year now due to COVID. Um, But they've got an entire pavilion that is dedicated just to sustainability so in the UAE at the moment they are trying to do so much to you know make sure that we try at least to you know focus more on sustainability Um, there's some plastic bands that's coming in you're seeing more restaurants actually offering filter filtered um, tap water And, you know, some restaurants are even banning straws now, or, you know, there's, there's really this kind of movement that's happening. Um, But, you know, when you look at the UAE as a whole, it's such a new country. I mean, it's, it's only been the UAE for, you know, like just over 40 years now. So when you compare it to other countries, you know, they, they still very new, they're still figuring out recycling systems and how they need to do different things, but there's definitely becoming more awareness. And there's some great organisations that's there that I've been working with to kind of um, spread spread more awareness and also just to educate children, especially. And you know, when they bring home that message, and you know, mom and dad, it has to be sustainable now because you know we've learned it at school. Um, and just the way how how some some of the companies are now switching, um, and also trying to have like you know a net zero um, footprint as well, so that they they can offset all their carbon um, as well. So there's definitely been a change, and there's been many people that I've met, like kind of on my journey as well, that wasn't really aware of anything. Um, I mean typically the same way that I was a few years ago. You know, you you trying to do your bit, you know about recycling paper and, you know, that's kind of it. And there might be one or two other things that you try and do. But once you start learning about these, you know, and once you, once you, you can't really unlearn stuff or you can't unsee stuff. So once you know about certain aspects, it's like you want to make changes. And especially if you, If you're someone that, you know, love to explore, um, you know, in nature or go to the beach and you go to a beach cleanup and you see all of this trash just like on the beach, um, it really has an effect on you. And hopefully, next time when you're at the grocery store and you need to purchase something, um, you can opt for something that, you know, is not so overpackaged. So, definitely at the moment, you know, I would say, it is people are becoming more aware and people are definitely trying to make more changes. And also more stores are opting for refill options. And, you know, so it's definitely starting.
0: Yeah. So when I was preparing for our interview, I was thinking a little bit about your background and my background, because a lot of the work that I do is in circular economy. And a a lot of what you're doing, I, I would say is more, you know, it's, On sustainability and zero waste. So I thought I'd give you a tough question and ask you what you think is most important, either zero waste, circular economy, or sustainability. And there's no right or wrong answer. It was more just that I was having this, these thoughts in my head. And I thought, ask Mariska how how she (laughs) sees this and let's see how...
1: yeah that's a tough one well when you well for me when um you know you kind of have to define each each and every single one to actually find out which one and for me they are so interlinked that i can't say zero waste is better than the circular economy because if you look at zero waste and i just like wrote like a whole blog post about it because i was getting like what is zero waste and so zero waste, short answer, we send nothing to landfill, but the like kind of more intense um, answer is, and I'm putting it in a nutshell, is that zero waste is actually like mimicking a circular economy. That's kind of what you're doing because you don't want to send anything to landfill. So how do you do that? You keep stuff in circulation. So therefore those two, you know, they, they go hand in the hand and when you look at sustainability um, you you know you have to look at all three pillars of sustainability so you've got environmental you've got social and you've got economical and um, you know if you dig a little bit deeper, you would see that to be really actually sustainable and you know if you look at the environmental aspects and everything it all feeds back into what is a circular economy, and you know, that, so, so for me, you can't really have one without the other, um, so yeah, I can't, I can't, unfortunately, I can't say, like, you know, this one's better than the other, because, you know, we need all three in order to actually have a sustainable future, um, so yeah, so that that would be the the sh- kind of short answer. I can probably we can go on talking about this for hours.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, I I think that was a brilliant response, and I know it was a tricky kind of a tricky question because I was thinking <laughs> how would I answer that, and I I think it, you know you did a better job than I probably even would have been able to do. But I would have you know talked about like the inter- interlink interlinkages between all of all of them, and I think a lot of times maybe and you can correct me as well uh, with your, your your thoughts on this, but I was thinking a lot of times like the zero waste, I see that as kind of the zero waste movement. And a lot of that has been maybe aimed more at consumers and individuals. Whereas like the circular economy movement is more about businesses and kind of change at a systems level. Um, and then, yeah, kind of the overarching for me, I think, is about sustainability. And, and, and to me, I think a circular economy is one way to achieve a sustainable future, because sometimes I get a bit frustrated with the circular economy discussions that we, we often talk that, oh, well, it will be good for society by just kind of default, by creating a circular economy. But I get the feeling we often leave out some of the social aspects from discussions of circular economy as well.
1: Definitely. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, when, when you look at kind of circular economy and, um, and I think the, one of the reasons why a lot of people are kind of confused with like zero waste and circular economy is just because zero waste is actually an industrial term. You know, it was a term that was used for the first time in like the 1970s by an American guy, Paul uh, Palmer, I think. And um, so what he did is he kind of, you know, would buy chemicals from companies that no longer needed it, and he would sell it to companies that needed it to keep it in circulation and to make sure that it doesn't end up in some, you know, water stream that people just dump it out or end up in a landfill. And then, you know, fast forward to like a few years when Bea Johnson, um, you know, started the zero waste lifestyle. So she basically took this industrial term and added to a lifestyle. And that's what we have now, zero waste living. (laughs) Um, And that's why I think, you know, there's there's always these confusion. But for me, um, I just feel like the two, it's like, Almost the same, like it's it is the same, but yeah, it's definitely how you say, like because it's more an industrial thing, it's definitely you know companies can close that loop for us, and that's why I absolutely love supporting companies that is doing that. you know, if you buy a t- uh, um a pair of jeans from a company and they are taking responsibility for that product, you know once you are done with this from your side they would gladly take it off your hands and make sure it gets recycled responsibly or it gets fixed and it gets, it goes back in
0: into the economy and someone else uses it. Exactly, yeah, and I think that's, that's for me, and at least in how I see circular economy, because I, I see it as incorporating the zero waste aspect into it, but kind of at the systems scale. And the crucial stuff is, you know, you as individuals have a responsibility for, you know, uh, awareness of how you are being responsible on this earth, but also companies have an have a responsibility for this. And definitely by kind of combining the two, then we can we can help address some of the issues that we have related to climate, uh, and yeah, and material resource extraction. Yeah,
1: and I mean, there's more companies that's starting to, you know offer take-back programs, or, um, you know, it just, and it all starts with the way that they design their products, you know, so it is designed in such a way that they can do it, whereas, you know, if we, if we, for example, have to um, have some of these plastic manufacturers take responsibility for their products, you know, that might not be as easy for them, so um, so I, I just love that we are seeing more and more companies doing it, whether it's new companies that's starting or whether it's big corporations that's making the switch and just like kind of owning up to their products and also making changes in their manufacturing, in their materials to make sure that they can take responsibility at the end of life because, you know, at the moment – um, you know, we, we're going through a bit of a move to a new house. And, you know, once you start realizing some of the stuff that you haven't used, and, you know, it's it's broken, and, you know, you don't really know where to recycle it, then it's kind of your problem now. But, you know, if, if, if the company were to take it back, you know, then that's their problem. They made it, and they should take responsibility well we should also take responsibility and not purchasing stuff that we know can't, yeah. <laughs> can't go the extra street. mile <laughs> exactly but um but you know at the moment and especially with zero waste a lot of the times it feels like oh my gosh we need to do all the work you know so we need to get companies to get on board as well and to kind of own up as well
0: yeah there's a fascinating. We don't have time. I don't think we have time to get into this right now because there's a couple of things <laughs> that I want to ask you about. But there's a fascinating uh, thing that I've been meaning to check out, which is kind of the. I think it was some marketing from the '80s where brands started shifting the responsibility of sustainability onto uh, onto individuals, onto con- consumers. Uh, and I believe it was because of a well, there was a there was a Coca-Cola ad uh, having to do with. the, uh, Well, this is a tangent for another time, but we can, we can pick this up offline, but I I think it's something that to to summarize, it's something that I've been really interested in exploring uh, further and kind of looking at like how this has, has evolved. But um, what I would love to hear uh, from you about now is a little bit about your, the Mama Earth uh, talk, which is the podcast that you've been the host of for over two years now, and I think it's a good segue because you mentioned, you know, there's a lot of great companies and a lot of, some of them are, you know, big multinationals, some of them are small startups. So I know on the podcast, you do a mix of having some personal stories that you share as well as some interviews with people who are parts of these, these types of organizations. So could you tell us about any inspiring stories that stand out from the last two years of having this podcast?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, geez. So we've we've got like 115 episodes as of now that's been published, and um, yeah, it's just been a been an amazing journey. I mean, I um, I've obviously started the podcast because I wanted to, you know, learn more and get more answers. And I remember way back, you know, in episode 20, I kind of recorded an episode with like saying that these people are my three sustainable superheroes. And they were Bill Johnson, Catherine Kellogg, and Rob Greenfield. And, you know, fast forward so many episodes now, and I've actually interviewed all three of them on my podcast. So that was kind of, you know, amazing to um, to get to talk to these people that I admired so much. And that's kind of, you know, helped my journey and helped me grow along the way as well. Um, and geez, like every single guest, I've just learned so much from. And um, I mean, we we talk about all the different aspects of sustainability, and um, you know, some of some of the geez, I can't even think about one that stands out because like they all just like amazing. But some of the ones that I loved was um, I interviewed uh, Tim McCollum from beyond good so i absolutely love chocolate and they it was just amazing to talk like for an hour about chocolate <laughs> and to learn you know that so much of our cacao beans actually comes you know from um you know africa and but so little gets produced in in africa like the final products so that was that was really interesting to see Um, I mean, one of the other things that was really inspiring for me is to have Rebecca Price Roos um, on my podcast. I think it was episodes like 78 and to kind of talk about her journey from starting Plastic Free July and how it started with, you know, 10 years ago with a few people. And I can't remember what the final count was for this, this year. It was over 300 million people that participated, so, you know, to Um, kind of, you know, hear that journey from these people, and um, it was phenomenal, and, you know, a lot of the times, it's like, you know, what we've just mentioned previously, um, you know, we we sometimes forget the social aspect, and that's a really important aspect from sustainability, Uh, so, a few months ago, I was uh, fortunate enough to actually interview um, Gary Vaynerchuk's chief hard officer, and to you know really talk about what it really takes, you know, from a social aspect um, to run a company, and you know all all the different aspects, because that is something that you know has a knock on effect on so much and can have such a such a great impact. So. Yeah, the, those are just like some of the highlights. And again, you know, I can honestly talk for hours because every single guest that I've had on there has, you know, left left a mark. And you know, it was just such a joy to to talk and to learn from them as well.
0: Yeah, well, I'll be sure to uh, link the the podcast, your podcast, in the show notes so that listeners can, of course, go over and check out any of these episodes as well as the over a hundred and you said one hundred and fifteen. Yeah, so yeah. maybe by the time this one
1: comes out, it should be I don't know, maybe one hundred and twenty or something. Yeah. But yeah, so there's there's way there's so much, and I mean, I also have like like a few like my top three recommendations. So if you're new to the podcast, you know, dig into those three, and um, people can always like message me and be like, hey, you know, I would love to learn about this, and if I've already covered the topic. I would just send them which episode. Otherwise, you know, try and get someone that I can talk to about that
0: topic. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, so we're. I, I want to be respectful of your time, but there's just two more things that I wanted to get to ask no you, worry. Mariska. Um, so you've done a lot, of course. We've been talking about what you've been doing with the podcast, with your, with your artwork, with your wearing your trash. And I would love to hear... Maybe three things that you've learned about mobi- mobilizing people for sustainability because I, I think a lot of the listeners of the in the loop podcast are working in companies or they're you know now graduating and, and starting to join the workforce and they are trying to mobilize people around circular economy so what would be three tips you would give them <laughs>
1: So um, when I started out, I was like, you know, so I, it was kind of, you know, you, you just like think the world's going to end and you need to act now, 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 you know, you get so mad, um, you know, when someone's doing something wrong. So that would be one of the first things that I would kind of give advice to people, you know, every single person is on its own journey, you know, I've been on this journey for some time, there might be someone else that just joined, you know, the party, Um, so, you know, kind of be respectful to that, and, you know, rather lead by example, you know, do stuff that, that you can, and, you know, if someone has questions, kind of, Have that like relationship that you know they they if they want to ask you they can and you know try and give them tips along the way but don't be preachy don't force your way onto them because that often has the opposite effect so instead of them wanting to make these changes they would just be like hell no I'm not doing it because this woman just like no it's not gonna happen and then the second one is to kind of take one habit at a time, you know, do one thing at a time and, you know, start with the easier things. I've um, also on my, on my website, there's like a uh, beginner's guide to waste free living that people can, you know, have a look at and, you know, check, pick, if you don't know which one is easy for you, have a look, do a bin audit, check it out and, you know, start and just do one thing, one habit at a time you don't have to go zero waste overnight or you know transform your entire company to be sustainable overnight take it one step at a time and then the third thing it's so important to do and that is to celebrate your wins you know if today you did not take a single use cutlery from the salad bar because you brought your own you know, that's a win. Like, give yourself a, a, like, pat on the back and just be like, you know, good on you. I did it. And, you know, if you, if you're standing in the line to get your coffee and you've got your reusable cup or, you know, you know, just the, the mere fact that you're standing in that queue and you're thinking about it, you know, it's progress. So, just award yourself for that and like celebrate, even if it's the littlest in wins and don't be like too hard on yourself when you start out, you know? So do all of that and see how it goes and just like take it
0: as a journey because that's what it is. Yeah. So celebrate your wins, focus on one thing at a time. And the one that really struck a chord in me was about the patience. Like, because I think that, and I first started out, too when I when I was studying and and finding out about circular economy, I really like took it on myself that I, I had to solve this and it needed to be done yesterday, and that's not <laughs> that's not a very uh, helpful attitude to have because you bring a lot of intensity to it, which is great, but then at some point you are inevitably going to burn out, uh, exactly. and we, we can't have that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I mean, like, especially now with COVID, you know, there's, there's a, I definitely make a lot more waste now than what I would normally because um, just because the fact when I go to some of the places where I would normally buy package free, they now cannot sell me certain items package free. So now I need to go back and like, oh, do I really need it? Is it really, you know, so you, you have to go back and forth a little, but, you know, again, patience and, take it one step at a time and just celebrate those wins and just just the fact that you're on this journey is already something to celebrate
0: yeah it'll be interesting to see how this sort of the long-term impact of covid on for example food systems and things like that because just from you know event organization planning if we ever do have events in in the future I highly doubt that people will be really into having buffet style for example exactly. you know and then it's about all of this individual packaging so that you can go take it over there and sit you know at your little table um, yeah, I don't know if you know of anyone who who's been doing interesting work in in that area but uh, I'm sure that there's going to be some some interesting research uh, coming out of it I'm sure in, in the future.
1: Yeah, definitely, and no, I th- and I I think the way that we are going to do stuff for the future is definitely going to change. Um. So yeah, we we we're, we're not going to return back to normal. We're going to have a new normal, mm-hmm. and um, hopefully that's that's better for the environment as well.
0: Yeah, we we have to take responsibility in ensuring that it is. Um. So the the last question is the question that I ask all of the guests that come on the Getting in the Loop podcast, and I'm excited to hear your answer. Uh, the event, uh, the I'm getting ahead of myself. The question is about uh, the In the Loop game, which is a serious game that I created to create awareness about circular economy and the way that we use materials. So the In the Loop game is a board game. It's a serious board game, where players take on the role of a product producing company, and they have to travel around the board to collect the materials to make their products. And there are events that happen in the game every five minutes or so, and they change you know, the market conditions or what's happening in the state of the world. They, they disrupt what's going on, uh, much like some of the real world events of 2020, like the pandemic, and they... Uh, they basically make the players think about how could how should they be responding and a lot of the times the answer is that maybe it's better to go more circular in your strategies so i always ask uh the guests that come on the podcast what kind of event would you suggest for the in the loop game so mariska do you have a suggestion for an event that we can add
1: ooh okay so mine is like more like a awareness type of event and that would be um I don't know what I would call it but yeah um it would basically be um the the that plastic has an effect on our health and I mean there's been so many studies now saying that you know they found plastic in our kidneys and in our organs some organs um so, so my kind of thing would be is that the um, companies need to have respo- like a kind of res- responsibility. So if they manufacture something and it's made of plastic, then it's their responsibility to take up the cleaning of the item. So whether it's, you know, the recycling, whether it goes into microplastics, whether it goes into the ocean and also if there's any health implications like you know if your plastic is leaching into the water that the bottle is housing and someone you know might get very sick maybe get cancer from it then you know that's kind of the responsibility of the company um just so that they can also again go back to the drawing board and see whether this material that their product is actually made of, you know, that has a cheap uh, price tag in the beginning, now suddenly has a very expensive price tag because you've got all these extra, extra stuff that's happening at the end of life um, to rethink, you know, whether that's the material that they would still use.
0: I love it. Some sort of like (laughs) extended producer responsibility. Yes. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I think we... There are some events kind of similar to that in the game, but I think we can definitely work something more that has to do with health implications also into into the game and maybe some future expansions. So thank you for that, Rosca. You're most welcome well, it's been such a pleasure to to chat with you, and I'm really grateful for this time that we got to that I got to spend with you and also now the listeners will get to spend with you hearing about how you have been approaching sustainability and zero waste in a creative and playful educational way so I really thank you for what you are doing in in this and for coming on the getting in the loop podcast
1: thank you so much it was such a such a great um great chat chatting with you and yeah I'm I'm looking forward to actually you know hearing more about you um and the podcast as well and also your listeners you know to um to get them to say hi as well.
0: Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For show notes and links, go to our website at gettinginthelooppodcast.com. And while you're there, subscribe to our mailing list to have new episodes delivered to your inbox every Monday. See you next week.